0: Plushcare.com/slash/weight-loss. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for health care. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com.
1: Welcome to the Love HQ podcast. This is a place for women who want to explore love, sex, dating and relationships through an unconventional approach of ditching the normal dating advice, prizing yourself as an individual and listening to expert interviews from all different walks of life, focusing on how you can get more in touch with yourself as a person, develop better relationships and live life on your terms. Hi, my name's Hayley Quinn, and welcome back to another episode of Love HQ, where we do Empowerment Does Love and Dating. So if you are a woman and you're listening to this, or if you're a guy and you've snuck on... And you think that actually the messages about you need to catch and keep a man or how to find the man of your dreams are all pointing you in the wrong direction. You're on the right path. Uh, Joining me on the show today, I have Sean from Altershift.com. Now, Sean is an expert in NLP. uh, And I've also been digging around, reading some of his blogs and articles. So I'm interested about what advice he has to share with us. So welcome to the show, Sean.
0: Thanks for having me on.
1: My pleasure. So, okay, I'm going to start to begin with before we get into getting in some advice. NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming, uh, you're an expert in that. For the uninitiated, can you briefly explain kind of what you do and, and what that process involves?
0: Absolutely, so basically I work with how the mind works and going through how you're thinking, you can really change the results in your life. So oftentimes we have these unconscious patterns of the way that we're doing life, the way that we're doing dating that we're usually not even aware of. And when we go and we look at certain things that you're thinking, certain patterns that you've developed over years, then we can go ahead and change those patterns and make them more empowering so you can date even better.
1: Yeah, and I really am a big fan of this because I think that a lot of the time, you know, obviously our internal reality creates our external world. And unfortunately, um, I think with women particularly, how we've been conditioned to approach love and dating is in quite a fatalistic way, which basically dissolves the personal responsibility or the ability to change. Like an example of a message I hear a lot, which would be like maybe from my mum, is uh, the catch-all that if you haven't met somebody to form a great relationship with yet, she, uh, she would say, well, you know, when the, when, you, when you meet the right one he'll find you. <laughs> and uh, there's these phrases that if you actually stop for a second, you think, hang on a minute, what's that telling me? That um, that, that I have one predetermined or predestined soulmate and it's his job to find me out and I'm just going to sit here. And I find that the trickle down of that is that often when women are having problems with dating or they're not having the love life that they want, I don't hear from them or, the, or how they... Kind of language or talk about their problems often takes the power directly out of their hands it becomes this thing that either there are no single men left or there's none men don't have the same standards anymore or men don't want the same things or you know that they just haven't that they just haven't been able to find the right person yet so what do you think or have you about the way that women's dating is language and how do you think that could affect and influence women um, in terms of their thinking and how would you encourage them to step out of that influence and actually recognize their own patterns of behavior which are not leading to the results that they would like?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And that's probably one of the biggest things that I deal with is that fatalistic view Mm -hmm. of if I don't have control over my life, usually what I'll ask them, who does have the control? So when it's some kind of fate or destiny that people believe in, Um, I really dive in to what they're thinking to see how they think about that and when we can really analyze that and show them how they think that, you know, if there's some kind of fate involved, if you have to wait for that man to find you, then look at the results in your life and look at the other people that are having success in dating and understand that likely they don't think the same things where usually somebody who's very successful they're going to think it's more on them and they have more control, more power over their life and they can really take the control at that point.
1: Yeah, and I like what you're doing there. Is as an analogy and an overlay, right, in terms of how people might approach a different goal in their life, whether it's like fitness or, you know, getting a degree or a really good job. There is nowhere else in, in a big life area where you'd use a phrase like, well, you know, when it's the right job, one day the right job will just... Find me, <laughs> you know. It's like we we literally wouldn't be able to possibly think of anything else in that way. So I also think that's kind of helpful. Often, if you are experiencing something with dating or you have a belief around it, to start to like transfer that belief into a slightly different thing, whether that's at work or health, and see if that's to that line of logic still makes any sense. And if it doesn't, that's one to start to question it. And I am actually a huge fan. I think what's kind of cool about understanding yourself better and Understanding about how you think about things and your approach to things, and maybe some things that you do unconsciously, is you do regain power, and I think that's brilliant. As like, why wouldn't you want um, to have a bit more control and influence over your own life? Uh, another huge trend that I see is in a, in a big gender difference actually, and I, I'm, not, I'm not blaming you, women out there. Like, I get it. We've been conditioned in a particular way, and that's that's very different right from right from the get go to how guys are conditioned. But with men, I tend to find that um, they can approach things in a way that's a bit more... They kind of seem to be much more up for taking practical steps towards something. They're like, okay, let's boil this down. What do I need to do to improve? What's the process? And that has its limitations as well. But I find that a lot of the time with, uh, with women and how they talk about love is in such a way where it's kind of things, that they don't feel like there's anything more they can do and they feel like they've done their utmost. Um, and a lot of this passivity, I think, is how through how we're communicated with. Uh, I hear lots of men, for instance, will <laughs> complain um, that they're annoyed that they it's their sort of social role that they have to approach women. But I think actually what's a far more limiting and restricting social role to believe that you have is that you have to wait for somebody to approach you and you know it's almost predetermined when that person comes into your life so what i like to encourage women to do actually is to kind of shake that all off and say well logically actually that doesn't make any that doesn't make any sense and instead of uh adopting this role of passivity if i actually really want to work towards a goal i'm going to have to take practical steps towards that so if you were working with with a woman who kind of came to you and maybe was talking in terms like that she felt that she was doing everything that she could and that there wasn't really any hope or maybe she had some very strong beliefs, you know, maybe that there's, there's no there's no single men left or that nobody finds her attractive, how would you begin that process of moving that woman from a position where she feels really disempowered and actually she's created lots of beliefs? which are unhelpful to her finding someone to actually moving her to a place where she can take this more practical, actionable approach to dating?
0: My first step really is to challenge the language. So when somebody tells me no one would find me attractive, I really go in and I would question that. And that's called using what we call here in NLP, the meta model. And I challenge those specific phrases to really uncover those parts that she's unaware of with her language.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: When she does say that no one would find her attractive, on some level she does believe that and really has that in her mind that she doesn't have that capability and it's not in her awareness. So really just bringing that to awareness is the key thing to first Mm -hmm. do there.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I really like that. I think sometimes inadvertently by overusing certain words and phrases we kind of create these funny parameters around our world that we don't even realize that that we have and every time she says something like that as you said she's just reinforcing um, a belief that's unhelpful to her and what I think personally and what I'm like really passionate about makes it worse is I think that then that's actually sometimes reinforced by the messages that we see both in a lot of dating advice but bigger than that in lots of books that we read movies that we watch Um, what I'd actually, I'm thinking about it now is when you think about the storylines that you see perpetuated in books, film, TV shows, a lot of those times they don't really accurately reflect real-life relationships and a lot of the time they can actually promote really unhealthy patterns of engaging with people and create really false and weird expectations. Do you ever notice um, that either that gap between uh, what's presented to us in media and uh, and like real life, or um, how people are influenced by the storylines that are so commonly surrounding us.
0: Most definitely, and it's really key. And I was working with one woman who really had the expectations of what was going to happen. And it didn't match at all with how reality works in the whole dating process. Mm-hmm. So she'd date and she would date and she really didn't have the success that she wanted because her expectations were totally unrealistic. And working you, with her, I really...
1: Can you give me an example of what one of her, sort of, without you know breaking confidentiality, of what one of kind of an, of an expectation that she held?
0: Yeah, so she had the romanticized view of everything. Mm-hmm. where it was really going to be some kind of man that would come along like like her shining armor and just sweep her off the feet in, in some unexpected way that she didn't even see coming. Um, and the way that she was doing dating, she was doing a lot of online dating um, using Tinder and Bumble, and it wasn't really going to be that case because she was choosing those men. And so when that happened, it wasn't like a guy was going to come out of nowhere and just sweep her off her feet in that way because she was already expecting it going out with all these men.
1: Right, so basically the mechanism that she was using to meet people was out of line with her expectation around it. So it was kind of like on a bad footing right from the start. And I have to say as well to the women out there, we've all had someone, right, who's been Mr. Sweep You Off Your Feet. But how often does that guy then go on to have like the consistent patterns of behavior that actually give you maybe like the security or this model of relationship that you want. That being said, I'm not sure that all forms of relationships are equal and that we should always strive for that super stable, supportive relationship, which is why I also want to ask you, um, on your website, autoshift.com, uh, you had a really interesting article that I read called The Possibility of a Drama-Free Relationship. Um, For the women that are listening, can you explain kind of what the the purpose and the concept of that article was? Because there were some bits that I agreed with and some bits I didn't agree with. But I want to hear it from your side first.
0: Yeah, so and this has been a reoccurring theme for me that I've been dealing with a lot with um, the people that I've been working.
1: When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring.
0: You have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com
1: slash host.
0: With Is that at the start of a relationship, they generally are unattached to any kind of outcome and Mm -hmm. they don't really have to have things a certain way. And when this happens, there's a lot less drama. When you first start a relationship, there's hardly any drama at all. Mm -hmm. But as things get more serious, more serious and more serious, then a whole bunch of attachment to an outcome starts to happen and people start to force things and force their communication on people in ways that aren't really empowering for the relationship.
1: Mm -hmm. So what do you mean? Can you give an example again of like what you mean by forcing communication on someone? I, I, I get what you mean, but I just want to make it super clear for people.
0: And so this is one of the most interesting things that I found is that we're always communicating in a relationship with our significant other or otherwise. We're always communicating and it's sometimes it's these underlying messages that our communication works the best with. And when we get deep in a relationship and we get attached to certain outcomes such as those, um, as keeping the partner and everything. That's when we start to say, well, we need to have an in-depth discussion about this, or I need to fix my partner, change their behavior by having a conversation. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes, this usually does not work. Uh, it could be the case where it's possible, but but generally, when you have that conversation and you want to change somebody, that's really not the way to go about having an effective relationship.
1: So if you, for instance, let's put this like, here's a common something that I might hear. You know, a woman is they've been. She's been dating a guy for like six to twelve months, uh, so they're past the honey the honeymoon phase. Uh, she's noticed a decline in his kind of investment in the relationship. Um, she has expectations where she wants, you know, things like her birthday, something special to be done. And he's the he he's the openly saying he's not the kind of guy that lavishes gifts or. He doesn't like, you know, with like Valentine's Day, he doesn't believe in celebrating it. So if you've got a guy over there who says, I don't believe in celebrating Valentine's Day. And yeah, it's important to this woman that there's some acknowledgement of their relationship. And that creates, that starts to create tension between both of them. What would your advice be there? Would it be for uh, either party to ac- accept their that the other person, there's a mismatch there and that's just the way that they are and to kind of live with it? Or do you think that there's a degree of communication you can go through? And if so, what form of communication is most effective? Because it sounds like the um, you're not a huge fan of the sit down talk, but obviously there's lots of other ways that we can guide or communicate with people.
0: So first I would have to bring awareness to the situation. So going back to what we talked about earlier, Her expectations, what she'd like to have in the relationship, isn't matching the reality. So first bring the awareness to her in that situation, letting her know that what's going on here isn't quite what she wants and it's because of her expectations. So then I would go and figure out the highest intention for her. You know, Is it really to get appreciation on Valentine's Day or is it really that she wants him to celebrate birthdays and holidays and make it extravagant for her? What does she really get about that? What does she get out of it? What kind of value is she driving forward there? Because it's some kind of underlying value Mm that's really what she wants there. And when we figure that out, whether it's importance, love, being cared for, we can also figure out other ways to get that if necessary. Um, But if it is absolutely important for her to have Valentine's be a big extravaganza, then we can go about ways of inspiring that with that other person. Mm -hmm. Now, this can be accomplished with a sit-down conversation or her telling him how much Valentine's means to her, um, but it also can be accomplished by her actions, by her talking about how much Valentine's is and how much Valentine's meant to her years before and why it's so important, not saying you need to do this because I want this, but rather giving him more information and an insight about how she is going about the relationship mm-hmm. and why she needs that thing in the relationship.
1: Right, right. Um, I think that's great advice to dial back as well to what the underlying crux of something. So I think in relationships we all engage in arguments or discussions or points of conflict and they're not even about the point of conflict you know like the classic example is like loading the dishwasher or taking the garbage out or something like that. It's not about the thing but that thing has come to symbolize something else. So I like that you're pushing people to dig into what that actually represents to them. Um, I want to follow through though and think that if a woman feels like she's in a kind of like non-judgmental way without directing and demanding action has really communicated um, adequately the why around things are important to her, if her partner doesn't take that on board, maybe is even slightly dismissive of her needs you know that could be saying you know what you know something maybe to the effect of I've just come back you know I've just had a long day at work I don't know why we need to talk about this can't we just leave it at this point what's the right course of action is it to back off is it to think start reassessing the relationship as a whole is it because I what I one of the things I'm quite conscious of is that yes there's definitely better and worse ways to communicate things. Yes, sometimes we create drama around washing machines and bags of garbage because really we mean to articulate something else. There's definitely more judgmental and accusatory ways of expressing things and there's ways that inspire people to just kind of comply and do what you want. But then on top of that, there's also the other person's response to you and some people are... Depending on people's value systems, more or less capable of ever really being able to fulfill those needs and and communicate effectively. So, if the woman's part, if the woman is meeting with a very, with the other person basically not acknowledging what she's saying or refusing to engage into any discussion around that, what would be the next step in the process that you would um, say for her? Would it be um, acceptance that that's her partner? Would it be to think about you know, how important this is in the context of the wider relationship and if so maybe look for a new partner who can resolve her needs or would it be a different form of communication?
0: The first step I would look at is to make sure that the communication was well presented to the other person Um, and as long as that's happened in this situation I, I think that's kind of what we're going for that it's presented well to that other person. They understand that communication. However, they still dismiss it. At that point, that woman has to look at the relationship and really analyze if that person would ever be capable of filling that need. And usually, most often, that answer is yes. And usually relationships are just a value exchange where she needs that certain kind of value from that other person. And if he's not giving it to her in that moment, usually my recommendation is to back off one of the most common challenges that i find with the women that i work with is that men having the sensory awareness to really understand what she's going through mm-hmm. and that can be one of the most challenging things to deal with for the women that i'm working with because it does take a form of stepping back and really letting the other man understand what's going on with her and
1: i agree she- that i agree that his ability to understand it's only as good as his ability to empathize and read her emotional cues and if they if he's not able to interpret the stimulus she's providing with him very well that can be problematic but it doesn't it can i think you also have to work out somewhat what his intent is whether that is that he's just not getting it or whether that um He's unable to provide the level of intimacy that she wants. Is he willfully ignoring things? Is he trying to establish control in the relationship? And actually, as you said, sometimes um, withdrawing can be a really good way, a really good, nice, strong, clear signal. It doesn't mean in in a slam the door, pack your bags and go. It can just mean like, you know, you take a few days out to be in your own space. He notices physical absence. And then you also get more time to process about where your feelings sit with it and how important on that spectrum things are to you yeah
0: and so it's, it's really about not her teaching him what he needs to know because it's really on him to learn the lesson mm. of being the better lover that he needs to be and if she gives him that space to do that that can oftentimes be the best lesson for him
1: yeah, I agree. that I'm going to put this in uh, layman's terms <laughs> for the women that are listening. <laughs> sometimes it's like law of the jungle and genuinely withdrawing is, is just like withdraw physical presence and communication. It's a really strong, obvious, clear signal. And sometimes that can do so much better than you trying to labor your point and get somebody to consciously understand you through a long, drawn out discussions. So if they're not getting it on that level, withdrawing is a great shout. Um, that's exactly it yeah yeah (laughs) simple simple and simple but effective um (laughs) i think you've given some great advice sean so i'm really excited to um talk to you on my men's podcast attraction hq and if you're a woman who's listening to this honestly listen to attraction hq as well it's it's going to give you all the advice um there and it's it's perfectly unisex even if it's more men in its orientation um sean if the women that are listening have loved your advice where can they find out more about you
0: They can find me at altershift.com. I offer a free strategy session just to go over any kind of issues or problems that they're going through and the next steps that uh, could really empower them in their relationships.
1: Okay, that sounds awesome. And, of course, women, if you're listening to me and you like the the jam with the podcast and you want to get on board with a female-empowered solution to dating and love, head over to hayleyquinn.com forward slash club where I have my awesome community on and offline teaching women how to approach love through A kind of a more aware and empowered perspective and also (laughs) some very practical skills about how to meet men so if you do have that belief that there's no men out there I would love to challenge that for you hayleyquinn.com forward slash club and I'll be back again next week with another episode of Love HQ